Travels with John Smith Year 1 Chapter 15 Tomb Sweeping and Bowling Some of my students are missing this week. Some students had to work on the weekend, visiting their families' graves, cleaning, cutting grass, etc. But apart from saying they did not have a fun weekend because of it, they do not complain. They accept it as normal. We are getting ready for midterm exams, so I have been preparing questions to ask the kids for the oral part of the exam and making sure the written part is okay. We are on our way to Winnie's University to have dinner with her and her friend Annabelle. Winnie is the girl who is going to help me with my Mandarin, and I would speak to her in English. She and Annabelle came over for dinner a few weeks ago, so they want to reciprocate and take us out for Chinese food. We have been trying to get a cab for about 20 minutes. A taxi stops beside us, and one of our students pokes his head out the window. He asks if we want a lift somewhere. These kids are so thoughtful. We are now standing on a very dodgy-looking street next to a market. The student who gave us a ride texts us to make sure we are okay as he is worried about us now. I call Winnie to make sure the taxi driver dropped us off at the right university. She says she'll come to the gate to find us. It is 20 minutes later and we see Winnie and Annabelle walking towards us. She is very upset that he didn't take us to the front gate, which in her words is the cleaner side of the campus. It seems like a nice campus. Lots of trees and lakes and lovers' slopes. This is Winnie's description of the places where lovers are able to kiss and hug without being too visible. The four of us walk and talk in English. They both teach us words in Mandarin, but we are still not advanced enough to have a real conversation. They buy us dinner in the university cafeteria, which is an upmarket and better version of the cafeteria at Maple Leaf. We argue about them paying for us, as they are students, but they insist. They say we are probably the first foreigners to eat in this cafeteria. We did not see any foreigners anywhere on this campus, so this is probably true. Winnie tells us her friends were jealous when she told them her Canadian friends were coming to visit her. I think we are honorary aunt and uncle now. Winnie is a real character, thin, athletic, very cute, full of energy, always laughing loudly and excitedly about something. She says her mother says she doesn't know how she ended up with a boy when she gave birth to a girl. She says these characteristics are more often attributed to a boy in China. Girls are supposed to be quiet and feminine here. She says she likes boys, but she does not have a boyfriend. She's 19 years old or any boys around her, and I tell her that if she went to America or Canada, she would have lots of boys around her, loving her the way she is. Her friend is more subdued and does have a boyfriend. She thinks they will marry at some time in the future. Winnie and Annabelle have applied to teach in Thailand. 
which will apparently lead to being able to go to the U.S. for a while. Annabelle says her boyfriend will wait for her, and when she comes back, they will get married. As we walk around the campus, we pass scores of young people, all presumably students, and the girls say it is quiet as most students go home on the weekends. I ask them how many universities there are in Wuhan. They tell us there are a hundred universities and three million college and university students in Wuhan, one-third of the population. We are on a big bus with about 30 people on our way to go bowling. We were each given numbers before we left, so the teams were put together randomly. My team's number is eight, so we name ourselves Crazy Eights after the Crazy Eight Balls from the 70s. John's team is called We've Got Balls. I am happy to see that two of the three other people on my team are from the PE department. I am even happier when one of my teammates, Ryan, says he had lived in an apartment building in Vancouver that had a bowling alley in the basement and he bowled every night for a year. I have bowled maybe five times in my life, but my cousin Maureen was a bowling champion, so maybe a tiny bit of it may have rubbed off on me. Many of the other teachers, including, and especially John, all make jock-like statements about how they will be wiping the, the floor with everyone else. Many of the teachers got on this bus with large boxes full of beer and handed them out to those who wanted it, which was everyone except for me. And, because of it, some of them are already tipsy. We toast for a photo and my can of Pepsi Light stands out among a sea of beer cans. I encourage those who are bragging and on other teams to keep drinking, Shameful, I know, as it is clear that some will find it hard to stand, let alone bowl. It is about two hours later, and we have finally arrived at the bowling alley after a few stops along the way for more drink and washroom breaks. I am starting to regret coming. We start the first game, and it is clear that I am the weakest link on our team. While my team members go from strength to strength, I do not seem to get any better. I also start to become sore in several places due to my general lack of fitness. We get a pretty high score despite my participation and are told the next game is the real one. I start to play well. I only get one strike, but I get several spares and in the end get a higher score than most of the others on other teams. Our team has by far the highest score. Of course, at this point, due to the high consumption of alcohol, many of the others don't really care how they are doing. Some are throwing the ball across the lanes, backwards, through their legs, and any other way that seems funny to them. We board the bus for the ride home, and there are more alcohol stops and washroom breaks. People disappear, and we have to wait for them, not knowing if they will return, and I lose my sense of humor completely. 
Three hours after we left the bowling alley, I am finally in bed. I have previously joked about the lack of health and safety here, and while it still has some humor when no one gets hurt, the reality of it struck yesterday in front of the school. There are large slabs of cement standing end on end in a line in between the one-way streets under the larger cement pillars that make up a half-finished structure of the soon-to-be SkyTrain. They are about 3 meters by 3 meters, 60 centimeters thick. They probably weigh about 2 to 3 tons. Almost everyone who has walked across the street in front of the school has passed directly in front of them without ever imagining they could or would fall over. Yesterday, one of the women who cleaned the streets was crushed to death when one of the slabs fell on her. She would not have seen it coming. It would have been quick. Margaret, the person I work under at the school, was in a cab with one of the teachers on their way home, and as they passed the spot where it happened, they saw the body of the woman before the ambulance came to cover her up. It left them feeling quite vulnerable. How fragile everything is. It is now Thursday, April 19th. Wuhan is warming up. We got through exam week. I have started wearing some of my new clothes from Taylor Street, and we have booked train tickets to go to Shanghai in a week's time when we break for a week holiday. We will spend three days there and don't know where we will go after that. We originally wanted to go to Japan, but we might just stay in China and practice some Mandarin or take a side trip somewhere and lay on a beach for a couple of days wherever the wind takes us. I have been waiting to go to Shanghai since we got here, so we might just stay there. We are working, even though it's Saturday, to make up for one of our holiday days, and tonight the band is playing at the Wuhan Jazz and Blues Club again. We now have a drummer, Brianna. I didn't even know she could play drums, and she is very good. We have taken over the students' practice room on Wednesdays, which is in an abandoned tower on one side of the campus. It is complete with amps and drum kit that stay in the room, so is very handy. Before Brianna joined, since it was Bryn, Buck, and I, and they are math teachers, John came up with a good name for us, P.B. Squared but now it would be PB cubed, although um, Brianna is a PE teacher. John is joining us on harmonica, though, for a few songs, so we don't know what we will be called. Playing on Saturday night after working that day is tiring, but it makes us feel like we have a weekend. We are just about to walk on stage and we still have no name, so someone suggests we call ourselves Silhouette. The gig goes well. It is fantastic to have a drummer, and she can sing too. The manager says to call when we want to come back that we can come back any time.
It's Friday, and I'm happy the week is over. All the teachers and students are tired. Small irritations become unbearable. Everyone has little patience, and people are short with one another and on the edge of tears the next, yes, especially me. I am going to pack my bags. Tomorrow afternoon, we will be on a train to Shanghai. Shanghai.